1b through 11, 20 through 21. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast into the sea. His elite officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrew your adversaries. You sent out your fury. It consumed them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the water piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the hearts of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the seas covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pat, for the reading. Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. This season uh, has been a season for me of psalms. We've been talking about and reading psalms, meditating on and examining what psalms are for and what they reveal to us about God and ourselves. Psalms are hymns, just like the hymn we already sang this morning. Sorry. I'll try to stay very still. Psalms are hymns, but not all of them are found in the hymnal. Some of them are spread throughout the books of the Bible. As stories are told about the things that God has done, some hymns spring up in the midst of the action, like Moses' hymn, like Miriam's hymn. Here's what we learn about Miriam from this reading this morning. She is a prophet. Miriam is a prophet. She is either 
a rebel or beloved or both, and she's incredibly successful. We don't really learn the words of her hymn. The only words that she is given to speak at this point in the story are an echo of her brother's hymn before hers. Her voice is erased, but it is not lost. This is because the people carry her voice along with them in their hearts. One of the things that is captured in this short verse about Miriam, we get her name, we get that she's a prophet, and we get that she leads the people in psalm. This is important because this is different from what it says that Moses does just before this. The, the Psalter, as I said, it's a hymnal, and hymns are songs we all sing together. But Moses' song, he sings himself spontaneously, inspired by what has just happened as the Israelites have passed through the sea, which has been parted for them to walk across dry land, and have seen the army of all of Pharaoh's chariots following behind them get swallowed up by that same sea. Moses sings to God, and Miriam leads the people in singing to God. Miriam leads a hymn. Miriam is a prophet, but we don't hear so much of what she says. We only see the evidence of what she's done. She is there. When Moses is delivered, out of the danger of the edict of Pharaoh that all of the young boy babies born to the Israelites must be destroyed, Miriam is there watching over him as he floats to safety in his reed basket and making a connection between Pharaoh's daughter who draws him up out of the water and her own mother who nurses him into health and strength. Miriam is there. We see what she does, but we don't hear what she says. And here in the scripture, too, the suspicion is that her song, her hymn, that she led the people in was either never written down or erased at some point out of a sense of trying to simplify the tradition or simplify who gets to be a leader. Regardless, it is known by heart. Miriam's name comes from the place where this song is sung. Her name means bitter sea. That's where they were. They were next to a bitter sea when this deliverance happened. And their slavery in Egypt was bitter. And they came through the sea to deliverance. But another interpretation equally strong, is that her name comes from the Egyptian word for beloved. And she is beloved. One of the only other times that Miriam appears in the story of the Israelites' people under Moses is when she challenges Moses' authority in his special relationship with God. And as a result of speaking out of turn, of trespassing, she's afflicted with some kind of skin disease. 
When this happens, her brothers immediately speak up for her and plead that God be merciful, and God is. But until she is completely healed, none of the Israelites move without her. We don't hear what she says, but she sees, we see what she does, and she is beloved. She is beloved. They won't go on without her. Miriam leads the people in worship, and they're formed by this leadership, this worship for generations. It shows up even in our scripture, even in the way that our scripture has been formed over many generations, and many editors, and many translators. It still shows up in the voice of Hannah, who gives birth to Samuel, who will be the one who anoints King David. Hannah is frustrated and she's bullied. She's angered and exiled, and when she becomes pregnant with Samuel, she feels vindicated. She knows that God has heard her. That's what she names Samuel, God hears. And she sings. And the song she sings is a song of deliverance. It's a song of broken bows. You might expect her to be singing songs about motherhood or um, triumph over bullying, but this is what her song sounds like. My mouth mocks my enemies because I rejoice in your deliverance. The bows of mighty warriors are shattered, but those who, are who were stumbling now dress themselves in power. Those who are filled full now sell themselves for bread, but the ones who are starving are now fat from food. The Lord, he makes poor, gives wealth, brings low, but also lifts up high. God raises the poor from the dust, lifts up the needy from the garbage pile. God sits them with officials, gives them the seat of honor. These are not words of song that come from her immediate experience, no. These are songs that come from what she has learned by heart, the tradition in which she has been formed. Hannah is singing a song that comes of the combination of her own genuine hope in God, her knowledge that she is beloved, and the tradition of this teaching that she has been formed in, that she has learned by heart. She sings the words of Miriam. We hear the voice of Miriam not only in the voice of Hannah, who names her son God Hears and dedicates him to be a leader who will anoint King David. But again, generations later, we hear her in the voice of another Miriam, the same name, the bitter sea, the rebel, the beloved, the young girl who gives birth to Jesus of Nazareth. They have the same name. And Mary sings of being favored. Her song, when she discovers what is happening for her, borrows not just from the Miriam tradition, but also from the tradition of Hannah. 
Hannah's name means favored one. And Mary sings, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. It's not a mistake in the scripture. It's all full of meaning and importance. She quotes Miriam and Hannah both as she sings, God has shown strength with, with his arm. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the power from thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Can you hear how similar they are? Different iterations, different generations of the same hymn being sung, the same song sung by heart. Both of their songs are liberations. Both of their songs are songs of revolution. Miriam sings, she plays instruments, she dances, she leads the people in liturgy. Do you know that word, liturgy? Have you heard it before? It's a word that means the work of the people. Do you remember how at the beginning of the service today, as we were talking about the work and activity that we do together as a congregation, I said it's our job now here in this place to meet God together in what we do in worship. The liturgy is our work of proclaiming aloud what we have learned by heart, of being formed and forming each other in the words that we say and the power that they hold. Some of us sing, some of us play instruments, some of us dance. And it is all part of the liturgy. As Avery said, we say it together because we know it. I wanted to tell a story about liturgy. Some years ago, I was serving in a um, community memory care units. I was serving in a community that had a number of memory care units in its vicinity. And once in a while, I would go and do um, services. And a lot of time, the services consisted of songs. There were songs that had been sung for generations, that were known by heart. And so even for people who had some progression of loss of memory, they were written deep. And so it was a worthy experience in a way we could connect. Sometimes there would be people who were brought to the service just to listen, because whatever combination of medical challenges they had really impaired them from being able to hear or being able to add their voice to the song, let alone remember it. But the faithfulness of the people who were their attendants meant that they were always there. And sometimes I'd meet new people too, people who were just coming into the community, and one day, I was um, doing one of these services, and I met someone I'd never met before. And we did not have an encounter after that day. I learned, kind of as the service was ending, that this person was a former bishop. I don't know in what tradition. But this person had come to a point where he was not able to hear most of what was happening. I don't know how aware he was, how much he was looking outside of himself at that point in his life. I don't know what sense he made of what we were doing together. He wasn't able to converse with us freely. 
But at the end of the service, I came over and I introduced myself and I asked his attendant if it would be okay if I prayed with him. And she said it would. And I bent and I prayed with him. And then I asked if it would be okay if he could pray for me. And his attendant bent low next to his ear and in a loud voice she said, Bishop, the pastor wants you to pray for her. And wouldn't you know, the bishop stuck out his hand and he laid hands on me and he prayed. Eloquently. It was written in his heart. He knew it by heart. This is the power of the liturgy. We are part of a tradition that is not about placing some people in a position of special access to the sacred, in a special role of leadership, of interpretation, or of singing, but instead calling up within each of us those gifts we have been given to do the work of the liturgy together. Among us, there are singers. Among us, there are dancers. Among us, there are those who pray and lay on hands and heal and commission. We must not lose track of the voice of the prophet in this generation because we, we are the ones who remember the story of God's liberation. We are the beloved today. Yes, we are fewer now. That is our place in history. We must not rest on our laurels, expecting that there are others who will keep the memory and tell the truth for us. But we don't have to worry that we're not enough. We don't have to worry that we don't have the special ed education or the skill or the expertise because what the Holy Spirit has already given you has been matched by the formation of your lives. Those who have loved you and prayed for you, those who have worshipped alongside of you and the tradition in which you have been grown and shaped. You've been formed by the good news. Now, let us unmute the voice of the beloved. Let us unmute the voice of the beloved. As the song I didn't know until I came here today says, let's sing songs that bring you hope, songs that bring you joy, and dancers who dance upon injustice. <laughs> 